Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Shishma Singh. Let us start Block 5, State Society, Unit 18, Sovereignty. Sovereignty is an important element of the state which distinguishes the state from other political associations within a society and similar entities in the international society. The origin and history of the idea of sovereignty is intimately connected with the origin and development of the territorial states in the modern times. It is for this reason that the meaning of sovereignty has undergone change across history. Despite the many meanings of the concept, sovereignty has a core meaning. Hinsley, an element political scientist, captures the core meaning of sovereignty when he says that it is the idea that there is a final and absolute political authority in the political community and that no final and absolute authority exists elsewhere. Sovereignty then is an assumption about authority. We might say that sovereignty is a basic assumption about authority of modern political life, domestically and internationally. Authority is the right or title to rule. Sovereignty is the assumption that the government of a state is both supreme and independent. It is supreme over everybody who lives in its territorial jurisdiction and it is independent from other governing authorities. The concept of sovereignty has been controversial in academic discourse. To a large measure, this is because of the contrasting ways in which it is used to refer to independence and to autonomy. The former is a notion of authority and right, but the second is the notion of power and capability. While historian, international lawyers and political theorists tend to operate with the first concept, political economists and the political sociologists tend to employ the later concept. These two categorically different approaches to sovereignty exist and must be borne in mind as we proceed to analyze the key concept in political thought. From this starting point, this unit examines the rise of the modern territorial states with which the concept is associated with. Thereafter, we shall proceed to explain how the concept of sovereignty, which was originally associated with the rulers, came to be liked with the people or the ruled.
we will also examine the two contrasting ways in which the concept has been used in political science and international relations. Now let us move to the next point, the rise of sovereign states. Sovereignty is a constitutional arrangement of political life. It is thus artificial and historical. There is nothing about sovereignty that is natural or inevitable or immutable. In fact, the notion of sovereignty was absent before the modern territorial states came into being in Europe between the 15th and 17th centuries. The idea of sovereignty was not part of the ancient classical Greek world. There are city, states or police did not differentiate between the state and society ruled as it was by citizen governors. The citizen was both a subject of state authority and also creator of public rules and regulations. The Roman Empire that eclipsed the Greek city-states established a new type of rule, the rule by a single central authority. What pleased the emperor had the force of law, while the idea of sovereignty as a distinct form of law making power was established, it did not outlive the Roman Empire. The idea of sovereignty was progressively submerged by the rise of Christian faith when the Roman Empire was succeeded by a highly decentralized system of federal order. During this period, Christianity gradually came to depend on two theoretical authorities the papacy and the holy roman empire the source of authority and wisdom shifted from this worldly to the other worldly representatives at the core of the christian world view was the belief that the good lay in submission to god's will law of nature or religious rules came to be the regarded as superior to laws of the state. As Ben and Peter point out in the federal world, the primary concept was not the state but law. A law was not made by politician but part of a universal and eternal order to be discovered by a study of custom and precedent. Kings, councils and judges found and formulated it but could not make it. For to create new law would be to impose a new obligation by an act of will and only God could do that. As the territorial state was occupying the European continent piece by piece, eventually forming the system that came to occupy the globe contemporary political philosopher 
embraced this form of polity and described what made it legitimate. In the early years of the formation of the territorial state in Europe, two contemporary philosophers, Niccolo Machiavelli and Martin Luther, provided legitimacy to the idea of sovereignty of the territorial state. They did not write explicitly or consciously about sovereignty, yet their ideas amounted in substance to import developments in the concept. Observing the politics of city-states in his reigns, Italy Machiavelli described what a prince had to do to promote a flourishing republic in terms that conferred on him super authority within his territory. The prince he advised should not be bound by natural law, canon law, gospel percepts or any of the norms or authorities that obligated members of Christendom. The prince instead should be prepared to not to do good and perform evil, not because evil is no longer evil, but because it was sometimes necessary to further the cause of a strong and well-ordered state. The obligation of the prince was raison d'elle. The prince was supreme within the state's territory and responsible for the well-being of this singular unitary body. Martin Luther argued for sovereignty from a different perspective. His theology of reformation sought to strike the Catholic Church of its many powers not only its ecclesiastical powers, but temporal powers as well. Luther held that under God's authority, there existed two orders with two forms of government. The realm of the spirit was the order in which Christianity was related to the soul of the believer. The realm of the world was the order of the secular society where civil authorities can run governmental institutions through law and corruption. Both the realms furthered the goods of the believers thought in different senses. Luther argued that these two realms need to be separately organized with the leaders of the church performing spiritual duties and the secular rulers, the princes, kings and the magistrates would perform temporal ones. Thus, even without discussing the doctrine of sovereignty, Luther and his followers prescribed for princes all of its substance. 
now let us wind up the session and take rest thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast